Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Watching Friends. This is season four, episode 11, the one with Phoebe's uterus. I'm Mark and a little one, two, a one, two, three, three, five, four, three, two, two, a two, four, six, a four, seven, five, seven, 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 seven. Hi, I'm Ryan. And these aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they certainly look quite large to me. <laughs> They're definitely real. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this uh, unassuming title is probably one of the classic episodes out there, I think. Yeah, if you didn't know what episode it was from the title, you definitely do from our intro. Yes, definitely. Uh, but before we get into that, um, we definitely have to discuss our patron again. Um, you know, we have a, have a little patron. If you haven't heard us mention it, you know, once, twice, ten times, seven an times. <laughs> yeah, an episode, right? Um, so, yeah, we, we have that at uh, patreon.com forward slash watching friends. We are patron supported. That's what allows us to keep doing this. Um, even though we only earn a little bit of money, it helps pay for the hosting and other little things here and there. Uh, but we had a message from one of our patrons, uh, Katrina. Um, absolutely love when they speak to us. Uh, they've just listened to our previous patron episode or exclusive episode. So we do exclusive episodes every month. And it was the one about who we discussed the relationships of all the friends. You know, should Monica and Chandler have ended up together? Or should it have been, you know, Monica and Richard? Is that a better relationship? Who should Chandler have ended up with? And some, right? I enjoyed making the episode. It was good. Um, it had way more content than you imagined. You was like, oh, if we do this, it's going to be about five minutes long. I'm just going to pick someone. But there were some good discussions in there. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, and so, you know, Katrina says that they're... You know, a Monica and Chandler fan and will vouch for their romance, but I'm also here to say Richard is so wrong for Monica. <gasps> I Controversial. Can't, I can't think of something more strange than dating one of your parents' friends or worse for Richard, dating one of your friend's kids. To put myself in that situation is unthinkable for me. Richard is mature, but in a different place in his life. Monica and Chandler is the most sodic couple and love story I know. I really like this. I do. Um, it's certainly something that we've, we have been thinking about since... Uh, Burke Jr. has come onto the scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Baby Burke, as you like Baby to call Burke. him. Uh, but yeah, like, Richard is a lot older. And yes, there's definitely an age gap, which I think is fine. That's not the issue. It's, you know, that's your dad's friend. That's where it becomes the issue. Or this is your, your friend's daughter. And it, and it does become a little bit seedier. Like, you know, would, would you date, like, one of your mum's friends, for example? No, but they're spot on. Because I kind of forget that all the time. Like when I think about Monica and Richard, I think about Monica and Richard and kind of... Monica Magnum PI. Yeah, I just think about them as a couple and I kind of remove everything else aside from it. So I, when you do re-add in there, that's your dad's mate, it just becomes really weird again. Because they, they do bring it up at, at the start and that's quickly kind of brushed off because like her parents are quite upset with Richard at the start. Uh, but yeah, like, you, you know, imagine you dating one of your, your friend's daughters now. I mean, well, first off, they would be underage, so we'll ignore that. But assuming they are of age, like, yeah, it would be weird. Mostly because your kids probably look like you lot, and that would definitely be <laughs> <Yeah>. unfunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine if they did the laugh or something. They just sound like their, their dad. You'd hate that. Yep. <laughs> that would put you off enough, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, but they, they say, I totally agree uh, with Ross uh, and Julie. Joey with uh, Lydia. And I'm not going to read the rest because, uh, you know, that's going to spoil the episode. You won't need to listen oh, yeah. to it. <laughs> I was like, no, but I'll read another comment. Oh, wait, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, so they said like they they enjoyed that uh, they were also mentioned because we we do mention them every so often. They they like writing to us, which is always nice. I like our listeners writing to us. Yeah, it's fun uh, and talking about them because um, they was also listening to the episode where we did the the quiz where basically I quizzed you on some really difficult questions. Yeah. Um, they didn't play along with that one, um, but you know we said that they probably know more than you. Yeah, and that was a really difficult quiz. No. You know, what? what's Rachel's bra size, Ryan? I um, hate that I know that he's 34 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, there were, there were some really obscure questions in there. So, you know, if you want to listen to, went on for about an hour, if not more, um, some really difficult quiz questions about friends, find out some interesting facts, come join the Patreon. You can listen to the previous episodes that we've done. We've got quite a few out there. Episodes of Joey, all that stuff. Patreon.com, full slash watching friends. Push pause on the podcast right now. Go and sign up. Help support us. Um, otherwise, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, bit of pretty. I've got, I've got one thing I want to talk about. There is a Friends Festival happening in Birmingham so there soon. Is. Uh, but it's not Friends Fest, is it? It's the Friends Experience. The Friends Experience, yeah. Um, that's happening in June some point. So probably after this podcast goes out or maybe around the same time. Uh, I think we're going to try and attend it, aren't we? Are we going to wear Watching Friends t-shirts? <sighs> no. I don't think anyone knows who we are. I think we should. Yeah, right. So you want to wear the logo on the front and then on the back it can have Ryan on, on the back here. So no, everyone knows, knows, knows who you back are. Back us on Patreon. <laughs> Just <laughs> Patreon. Patreon. I think yeah. we should wear them because either people are going to see it and go, oh, what's watching Friends? I'm going to check that out. Or they'll be like, it's Ryan and Mark. I feel like it'd be so nerdy. Like, I, oh, no, just I can imagine us walking around now and people going, who are those two weirdos? Like, the way we shamelessly promote ourselves in the podcast, it would be unfitting for us to not shamelessly promote ourselves at the Friends experience. It's, it's fine on the podcast because people listen to us. These will be strangers who don't listen to us. Strangers, Mark, are just friends that haven't become listeners yet. But, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, are you going to be handing out leaflets, Ryan? That's a bit too far. Yeah. Plus, you need a permit for that kind of stuff. You do. You do. Unless you do it sneakily. Um, I do think you should wear some very tight trousers, though, because as we heard from the previous episode, that definitely helps. Damn right. Tight trousers. Tight and trousers and a tight T-shirt. Yeah, I'll have a low-cut friend's T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Austin Powers, like, chest vibes going on right there. Yeah. Uh, perhaps not. That might put off a few people. True. We'll definitely spend some of the Patreon money on uh, tidying ourselves up so we can look attractive and suitable. How much Patreon money do we get? <laughs> not enough <laughs> it would appear uh, but you know maybe we can afford something right we better up those tier prices we can make overs but yeah let's let's get into this week's episode uh, season 4 episode 11 the one with Phoebe's uterus which is a pretty unassuming title um, it's not a title kind of I would have gone with I don't know what I'd have called it to be fair but 7 the one with the number 7 yeah, I'd have called it that. Yeah, same like that. Right. Uh, well, Frank Jr. is now married. And his uh, wife is showing off the ring to Phoebe. Pretty exciting. Uh, when did this happen? Uh, they, they eloped and uh, they did it at the courthouse. So, you know, they was getting some breakfast and decided to just do it right there and then. I like that. People would say it's not very romantic. But I like the spontaneity of it. I like, I think to me, that's more romantic. It's really like, right, let's get married now. I like the idea of eloping. I feel like it's way more fun just to be like, look, we're just going to go to a different country or a different place, going to get married, and then we're going to have a fantastic time instead of, oh, we're going to have six months of being really annoying people to each other and our friends because all we're going to do is talk about the wedding, complain about the wedding, and moan about the wedding, and not do anything else because yeah, we've both had friends who've been married. 
And before the wedding, they would never come out because they were planning the wedding. So how much do you have to plan? Yeah. And they would also say they have no money because they're paying for a wedding. And yeah, it just, like weddings to me have never really been that fun or exciting. I think this way would be more fun. Maybe not the courthouse. But, you know, just being like, yeah, we're just going to get married. Who cares about having a, a big show and dance about it all? I mean, I don't see the point in marriage, um, but I like a good party. So I'm always conflicted. I'm like, the actual ceremony, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then the party, I'm like, yay. I think you can have a separate party later. You can elope and then come back and go, look, we got married. We're going to have a party now. My mum would kill me if I ever eloped. Yeah. If I got married and she wasn't there, she'd kill me. All right. Well, she's uh, going to be pretty disappointed then when you don't get married. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> Uh, Phoebes is super excited until they start making out on the couch, which is really gross. I mean, I know there's like the honeymoon phase and everything, and I don't even really think it's that gross of the age difference. It's just gross that they're in public. Yeah. Someone's it's, the- just, well, it's the way they do it. They're not just like in the corner or whatever. It's just the way they kind of, I don't know, melt into the sofa. Well, and they start like, it's a, it's like a freeway hug that turns into like a makeout session with their sister just attached to the yeah. side. It's like, ugh. And, Someone's just sat in the corner trying to eat their bagel and drink their coffee. They don't want to see this. No, it's, it's gross. It's like there is no one around. Ugh. I just don't like it. Uh, but, you know, Phoebe has to get them a gift now. And, uh, you know, they've been trying to get pregnant since getting engaged and they've not been able to conceive. And perhaps Phoebe will be the girl that can help out. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a bit of a bigger ass than a gravy boat. Yeah, I mean, damn. Like, that's intense. You know, like, okay, so they've been engaged for, you know, a few months, let's say. So they were obviously planning on getting married at some point. But I guess, it, you know, again, we've had friends like this where they'll be like, we're engaged, when are you getting married? Don't know. And then five years later, you're still engaged? Yep, when you get married? Don't know. Don't know. It seems a bit weird. Like, I feel like if you're getting engaged, you should be planning to get married. I feel like two years is, you know, standard. Like, if you get, if you propose to someone, you should aim to be married within two years. Yeah. To me, that for some reason, sound, year sounds too quick. Two years sounds like, okay, yeah, you can plan it and pay for it and organize it. And then three years sounds like you're while you're dragging your feet. And then after anything after three years, my brain just assumes the person proposed to get the other person off their back about commitment. And yeah. they're never actually going to get married. It's just, oh, look, we've, we've checked off a box. Yeah, without actually committing to anything because I can pull out of this at any moment. It's like when companies start making like promise rings or return yeah. rings. Like, it's a commitment to commit to you at some point in the future. <laughs> and it's like, just what's the point? Oh, he broke up with me. Oh, well, I guess that ringing ring didn't mean much then. Nope. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we watch, you know, shows like Jeremy Carl and Jerry Springer and all those sorts of things. Getting pregnant sounds really easy, doesn't it? Everyone just seems to get pregnant. They meet up, hook up, and they're pregnant next day. Yep. Um, pregnancy doesn't work like that. It does not. It can be a challenge. Um, it, you know, it can take years um, for various different reasons. Um, so the fact that they've been trying for a few months and they're giving up that quickly seems a bit odd. I assumed it was more the age of the bride than They do mention this. Else. Yes, they do mention that no one's getting any younger, right? And she's not that old, but I guess like she's... We, we figured out her age, wasn't it? She... It like late 30s early 40s something like that like in my mind i think she's 60 yeah but she's not like we've, we've worked out the age like because frank jr is like 20 ish around this point and she's like late 30s 40s yeah i, I mean yeah let's say 40s mid yeah. 40s so so yeah so you know get into that point where yeah it becomes way more difficult it does um so this is a storyline to cover the actual real life pregnancy of lisa kudrow 
Yeah. Um, you know, she was having our, her first child and, you know, you can't just suddenly have a bump and not talk about it. Nope. Um, lots of American TV shows do, do this. Frasier uh, infamously does it with Daphne where they go, oh, she's gone off to fat camp because she basically just got fat. And that's come up more recently. People are like, oh, this is actually kind of disgusting storyline because they're like being horrible, saying that she's fat when she was actually pregnant in real life. Um, as a storyline, some bits of it can be funny, some of it can be a bit stupid. It's not the most delicate way no. of dealing with it, but... But yeah, I understand, you know, you've got to find a way to, to try and hide this because, yeah, people will notice uh, a bump growing especially. Yeah, kind of knew what your needs must. Um, obviously, you know, there's wearing baggier clothes and stuff that they can get away with, but yeah. So they make this storyline up, which is totally wild to me because it is a wild storyline. It does. I mean, you referenced Jerry Springer earlier. It does sound like a Jerry Springer situation. They definitely like come across with that, where there's like, you know, my sister is pregnant with my children, and you're like, oh, gross. And it's like, oh, no, no, she's just, you know, she's been a surrogate mother. But even that is still a bit odd. Well, I guess we should also add, uh, rest in peace, Jerry Springer. He passed away recently. He did, yes. Um, so then we have our intro, and at Monica's, the gang are throwing playing cards into a vase. That's an interesting game. I mean, the internet was slow back then. Ross and Joey enter the room. Uh, guess what job Joey just got? And this is where Chandler fluffs his line, uh, but he perfectly rolls with it, as does the rest of the cast, which is great. Um, you know, poor Matthew Perry. Hey, you guys, check it out, check it out. Guess what job I just got? <laughs> I don't know, but Donald Trump wants his blue blazer black. What? Blue blazer back. He, he wants it back. But you said black. Why would he want his blue blazer black? Well, you, you know what I meant. No, you messed it up. You're stupid. So what job did you get, Joe? Oh, a uh, tour guide at the museum. Yeah, Ross got it for me. Well, how can you be a tour guide? I mean, don't you have to be a dinosaur expert or something? No, not really. They give you all the information. It's uh, it's like memorizing a script. Yeah. So yeah, blue blazer black. Blue blazer black. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. You can see on his face, he's like messed up. But like the way the the rest of the gang just rolled with it, and I assume they didn't do a second take where they like mess it up and do it. I think it's just them going for it. Just yeah, like we can use this. Let's go. And I really like how you know Monica's like you know like you messed up. You stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Well. Joey is now a tour guide at the museum, thanks to Ross. So, yep. good friend there, Ross. Uh, Phoebe enters and gives the gang the good news about uh, the pregnancy plans that she's got going on. Before we get on to the pregnancy plans, there's a bit at the end of that clip that we missed that I really appreciate. was when Joey is like, no, look, he's all like, this is a T-Rex from the late Jurassic period. <laughs> yeah. And then in my head, I thought exactly what Ross's next line was, where he goes, actually, Joey, uh, it's from the Cretaceous period. And then Joey's like, I can pronounce Jurassic. But I was like, yay, dinosaurs. <laughs> you are definitely Ross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Phoebe's discussing her pregnancy plans. And I really love how Joey asks if she's really thinking about having sex with her brother. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Like, you know... Fair, fair play to Joey. Yeah, I think you need to kind of ask, especially when Phoebe's involved. But yeah, gross. Everything well, about that. It's weird that he's he's confused, but he doesn't seem that outraged. No, he's like, are you really going to do this? But like, it's like it's disbelief, I guess, more than anything else. Yeah, 
you know, but despite that being gross, she's going to go ahead by being their surrogate. Um, so, yeah, even that's just weird. Um, I don't know about this. I mean, I guess, I mean, it's it, being men, it's, it's a different... It's hard for us to put into, you know, in getting that headspace of, you know, would would I be pregnant for someone else? Because I can't be pregnant. Yeah. Um, but I guess the closer be like, would you want your partner to to be pregnant for somebody else? Um, and it's it's a tough one because it is a very physical, physically demanding thing that has kind of, you know, even with modern medicine, fraught with danger potentially. Yeah. Um, it is. It isn't just as simple of oh, I'm doing a nice thing. Like it's a very very intense, you know, physical traumatic thing to go through. Yeah, so we're going to get into later in this episode. For me, it's just that the fact that she's, you know, still related to her brother. I think, I think being a surrogate for someone else, fine, that's difficult as it is. But then for your brother? I mean, for me, the closer related you are, the more surrogacy makes sense. Because if you're going to sacrifice that much for someone, why not do it for someone that you actually care about and love? Like, you see people online who are like, $20,000, I'll be your surrogate or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird to me. Like, you're just randomly, randomly leasing out your uterus. Whereas doing it because, you know, you want people you love about to be, you love and care about to be happy is a, is a much nicer reason, even if it does sound weirder. But I guess to me, it seems less weird because, well, yeah, of course, you'd step up and help your, your family that way. Well, the, the gang, you know, they're going to be supportive of Phoebe, even if they're still unsure about all this. Yeah. Uh, but they want her to talk it over with someone, perhaps her mum. I love how he's like, my mum didn't give birth. <laughs> yeah. Wait, my birth mum did. We're then at Central Perk and Kathy and Chandler being cute before Kathy has to leave. So Ryan's feeling pretty jealous at this point. Apparently Kathy likes Chandler's tushy, which yeah. is a great word. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Monica and Rachel are actually also jealous of Chandler's romantic life and all the talking and sex he's having during their honeymoon phase, except he hasn't had sex with Kathy yet. What a waste. Uh, he wants the relationship to grow before moving on to the next step. As Ross says in this next clip, liar. I am so jealous. You guys are really just right there, aren't you? Yes. Right where? <laughs> Beginning where, you know, it's all sex and talking and sex and talking. And... Yeah, you, you gotta love the talking. And the sex? All right, we haven't had sex yet. Okay, but what's the big deal, you know? This is special, and I want our love to grow before we move on to the next level. Oh, Chandler, that is so nice. That is really nice. Lying? <laughs> no way is that the reason. Why? Just because you're not mature enough to understand something like that? No, he's right. I'm totally lying. <laughs> <laughs> then what is it? Well, Kathy's last boyfriend was Joey. And you're afraid you won't be able to fill his shoes. No, I'm afraid I won't be able to make love as well as him. Yeah, I was going for the metaphor. Yes, and I was saying the actual words. Well, big deal. So Joey's had a lot of girlfriends. It doesn't mean that he's great in bed. We share a wall. So either he's great in bed or she just liked to agree with him a lot. There is so many great lines in that clip. Yep. There is a moment in there which obviously you can't see, uh, but Rachel does the uh, the Gellers swearing at Ross, so she puts her <laughs> hands behind her neck and does the, the elbow thing. Um, 
Yeah, re- really love that. But that's kind of carrying through. It's not just a one episode thing. And then, yeah, like, you know, there's there's the bit where Chandler goes, you know, there's a bit where Ross goes, you know, oh, you know, you got some big big shoes to fill, and Chandler just like says it, and he's like, you know, I'm just gonna say say what you're. Yeah, it's like Metaphor can't fill his shoes and muscle. Like, why are you being weird? Like gross, Ross. Like, yeah. No, I was like, I can't make love as well as him. And it's, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing to worry about, I guess. But I guess just Chandler being Chandler, isn't it? Well, she, uh, you know, maybe she just enjoys agreeing with him through the wall. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a tough one because I mean, I've I've never slept with someone that my roommate slept with, so <laughs> it's I don't know if this would be a worry, but you know, really. I could, I could see why it is for Chandler because he is in a situation where he's in a in a house share with Joey who brings home a lot of women and he gets to hear everything that Joey gets up to. And now Chandler is with the same woman that Joey's with and like Chandler knows that he's not as good in bed as, as Joey. Although oddly, you know, Chandler has relationships whereas Joey has one night stands. Yep. So you would think, you know, Joey can't be that great. I mean, Joey's, Joey might be good at that, but there's, as Monica and kind of Rachel allude to, there's more to a relationship than just just sex. Yeah. And especially as you get to know someone and kind of, you know, you, you how to phrase this for a podcast, you get to learn what each other like. It only, you know, gets better as, as time goes on. Yeah, for Chandler, he's definitely getting into his own head a little bit. Yeah. Which is not a great thing for him. Um, I do like the way, you know, that the girls, you know, they do try to comfort him and be like, you know, yeah, Joey's had a lot of girlfriends, but, you know, they haven't stuck around, have they? Why, why is that? Why is Kathy sticking around for you? Like, like, you know, think about the the thing, the positive things of why she's there. Yeah, and if sex was such a big deal for Kathy and they, they haven't had it yet, why would she still be hanging around? Like, it's it's been a couple of weeks at this point. Like, surely she'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. But also you can learn to be better at that, whereas you can't learn to have a better personality that quickly. No. Also, how has Chandler been resisting this? Like, I assume that Kathy's <laughs> tried to initiate this several times and he's just, what, has he, has he had a headache? Like, <laughs> has the door knocked? Did the chuck and the chicken the duck need something? Like, like how? Yeah, unless she's slowly come to terms with Chant having equality. Because, yeah, how's, how is he avoiding anything happening? I mean, my crush on night is Paget Brewster aside. How is he resisting? Yeah, because, you know, he's clearly okay kissing her and stuff, so... That's a slippery slope. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I agree with the sentiment of what Monica's saying, but um, yeah, Chandler does need some encouragement. He's always been like this in relationships, though, where he's kind of down on himself and, you know, kills a relationship early because he's, you know, feels like he's not good enough. And in, in this case, he doesn't feel like he's good enough for Kathy. Uh, so why even try, right? You should definitely try. Yes, definitely. Uh, we're then at the museum and Joey is leading some school kids around and teaching them everything he has learned pretty badly. Um, when he spies Ross through the window of an exhibit, and this is when Ross pretends to be silly and does a bit to impress the kids, Joey is right to move them along quickly. This is classic, like, dad humour of, I have a child, therefore I can be entertaining to all children. Yes. And he does some stupid trick of his pen coming yeah. out of it, and you're just like, <laughs> that's embarrassing, Ross. Like, why do we rather try this? Yeah. Again, trying to figure out what Ross's job really is, because why is he in the exhibit moving it around? Do you feel like that would be some other person's job? I assume, I always assume he's looking for more fossils that people who had sex in the museum stole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Has Rachel been here? Rachel, Rachel's yeah. looking at this, so maybe that happens a lot. Maybe we're like, damn it, did someone have a date here again? 
But yeah, I did, I did like the way the kids just reacted like, what is this man doing? He's a weirdo. Yeah, what a weirdo. Like, like Joey was like, look, he's my friend Russ. So I don't know him anymore. I like the little kid that argues with Joey about things. Joey's like... I hate the sassy kids in TV shows. <laughs> they, they, they're, there's always one. They're never just like normal and nice. Always has to be super sassy. It's like, no six-year-old would act like that. I think my favourite kid in in fictional media, if you've seen School of Rock, the Jack yes. Black movie, there's a part where Jack Black tells the kid to be honest with him and he goes, you're tacky and I hate you. And this is a really <laughs> young kid. Yeah. <laughs> it just always makes me laugh. Uh, we're then at Phoebe's birth mum's house and she's making pottery, mostly nudes and glazing her nipples. Erotery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the way she goes all out for her guess. Yeah, I mean... If you've got a passion, you've got a passion, and you, Mark, really? Uh, and, you know, she, she's not sure this pregnancy thing is a good idea because, you know, get, giving up a baby will be hard. And she wants to show Phoebe how painful it is with a puppy. And no, she's not going to kill it. She's going to give her the puppy and then take it away so Phoebe can feel the pain as this adorable puppy can't sit still on Lisa Kudrow. Like, it's just all over, licking her face, like it's squirming. Yeah. Like, want that puppy? It's adorable. No, it's a little pug thing. It's adorable. Get a real dog. <laughs> Um, so yeah this is a sentimental scene with her mum explaining how difficult it was for her to give up two babies it's kind of weird for her like there's it reminds me of this game so there's a game called Life is Strange and there's a sequel to it and part of it is these these two brothers are trying to escape from the police and they actually come across their their mum who abandoned them effectively and they get to like know their mum as they're older and, and stuff like that and the mum tells like why she left and she's like, you know, I just couldn't deal with you. Like I couldn't, I didn't, I thought I wanted kids and realised I don't want kids at all and I didn't handle it well and I left. And I guess that's kind of, you know, what Phoebe's mum is like. She had two kids and couldn't look after them. So, you know, gave them to someone else who could. And it's kind of interesting, like how difficult it was for her to do that and, and to explain this. But at the same time for her, she's talking about, you know, if you have a, a child and you don't want to give up, especially as you're pregnant, you're hormonal, like your your body and mind is telling you, like, I've got a child to look after now. And all of a sudden you're giving it away. Like, Yeah, nature is, is, has deliberately evolved the way it has to make, you know, women maternal for, like, yes. for the most part. Obviously, I have things like postpartum depression and that sort of stuff. But, you know, the general rule would be you've carried this child, you're in a hormonal place where you're like, Love this child. Don't give it away. Look after it. Ensure the continuation of the species. So, yeah, I imagine it would be very, very difficult to do, even if, you know, you go into a situation knowing that's what you're there to do. Exactly. So uh, there is a book out there that's called There Are Mums Way Worse Than You. And it's, it's done like a, a children's uh, book, but it shows all different animals and what they do to their children. So it'd be like, you know, oh, a giraffe, like as soon as it has uh, the child, it kicks it. And the koala bear feeds its baby poop and stuff like that. And it's meant to be like a reassuring but funny book of like, you know, you think you're a terrible mum because a lot of mums after they give birth, like you say, with, with depression and stuff, you know, they do think they're bad mums. And this book is meant to be like, hey, you might think you're a bad mum, but like these animal mums are way worse than you. And it's kind of funny. I think that I'm going to be a good dad. Just a terrible partner dad explain so, so i'm good with kids went at my friend's house the other day and 
yeah, his daughter decided that my name was Durr and just kept telling my name was Durr <laughs> for the entire evening. I went, well, your name's... <laughs> and we were just like playing and being silly and stuff. And then as I was leaving, she came over and went, your name's Durr. And then I went, I changed you must think you suck and waved my suck in her face. At which point she turned around and ran hell for leather into the door frame wall. Like literally, <laughs> and it was really funny. It shouldn't have been, but obviously all the, all, everyone found it funny. But she not, not, not sound like a great dad so far. <laughs> no, but like I was having a great time at 10 the kid. I'm, I'm, you shouldn't invite me around anywhere near bedtime because I promise you that me and the kids will start playing games and they won't be in the mood to go to sleep and they'll stay up all night because I'm fun. I'm just going to say I'm a fun man child. And I thought this was going to be a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. No, I just, because I'm an idiot, kids find it entertaining. So if it's bedtime, I, people literally have to go to me, it's time for bed soon, Ryan. And I go, okay, we'll be serious. And then I, I kind of feel like you'd make a great uncle in that that regard then yeah i guess yeah i got uncle but when it's my kid and uh, you know my partner's like ryan it's you know let's watch panorama or whatever we do when we're old um i'll be terrible because i'll be like we're just still gonna play switch for like two more hours yeah like it sounds like you wouldn't be a very good like disciplinarian nope you'd, you'd be like i'm good i'm happy for the fun stuff oh look it like pooed all over the floor mummy your turn now yeah, to come it, along definitely <laughs> mum said no let's go ask dad <laughs> yeah um but yeah, she, you know, Phoebe's mum is right. It, it is going to be difficult giving up a child after you've given birth because it isn't the same as like, oh, I've just like given you something. It's her body is going to be, you know, tend to like to be maternal and she won't be able to. Yeah. So like having a puppy and giving it up is going to be sad, but like giving up a baby be so much tougher because it's just, you know, even mentally you can be like, oh, it's sad. Your brain is going to be telling you it's way worse. Um, we're then back at the museum and Joey's having lunch and has saved a seat for Ross uh, but Rhonda we'll meet later uh, explains that he won't sit with the blue blazer people he will only sit with the white lab coat people uh, would you mind sitting there I'm saving the seat for my friend Ross you mean Dr. Geller doctor? Oh, I didn't know he had a nickname <laughs> oh he won't sit here only the people in the white coat sit over there and only the people in the blue blazers sit over here. Well, how, how come? That's just the way it is. That's crazy. Maybe it's crazy in a perfect world. A world without lab coats and blazers. But you not in a perfect world. You in a museum now. <laughs> See that scientist with the glasses? He and I used to play together all the time in grade school. <laughs> but now... Peter! Hey, Peter! From PS 129? I shared my pudding with you, man. I gave you my snack pack. See? He pretend he don't even hear me. I, I think everybody's pretending they don't hear you. There's a really subtle joke right at the start there where she's like, oh, Dr. Geller. And he goes, I didn't realize he had a nickname. Because <laughs> like, 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 if he's like, hi, I'm Dr. Poor Ross. <laughs> really love that. Um, so, yeah, Rhonda, you know, proves that, you know, Ross is not going to sit there uh, by shouting at someone that she used to be friends with who chooses to ignore her. And I, I mean, she is kind of loud, but I like Rhonda. Oh, yeah, I've, I've worked with many Rhondas in my time and they're always great. Uh, but yeah, so Joey was unconvinced and, you know, he thinks his best friend Ross will join him, but Ross doesn't. He lets him down. Ouch. Um, you ever had this experience at, like, probably at school where you'd be like, hey, I've saved you a seat and they don't sit there? Uh, 
Not really. Like, there were kids that would chat to me in certain lessons. Like, the popular kids would chat to me in certain lessons and then, like, wouldn't talk to me outside the lesson. So, like, in the playground, they'd sort of their cool friends, but yeah. never really cared. Oh, well, with that, I think we're going to have a quick ad break. Uh, so, Mark, have you uploaded the latest episode to Patreon? Yes, I have. Uh, it's a new episode of Joey. Oh, nice. And if you want to enjoy Joey with us, join us on patreon.com forward slash watching friends, where you get lots of exclusive content. So, yeah, we're going through all the episodes of Joey. We are. Uh, we also have episodes where we cover, you know, what friends should have ended up with what other friends. Uh, we even do lists. We talk about special actors and all sorts of things. So get extra bonus content if you want to hear some more stuff, especially more tangents from Ryan. Yeah, the recoupling episode, I think, so far is my favourite Patreon exclusive. Yep, and you can, as you say, Ryan, join us at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. And it's for, you know, less than the, the price of a cup of coffee now, or eggs. Yeah, so please help us bring the show to you. And we're back after consoling Ryan for a little bit, after people at school didn't talk to him. Uh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we are at the apartment and, you know, Ross is sorry for what happened in the cafeteria and explains what has gone on there. Um, it's just how it is. Yeah. I, workplace environments can be odd, uh, especially, uh, ones with like a, a team of people who've been there for a long time because clicks form and yeah. all sorts of stuff happen. Like, you know, when you're the, the new person, because people will, will try to fill you out because they'll come up to you and tell you all the secrets and things going on to see how you react and see where you fit in. Um, and that can be quite difficult. You're like, oh, you know, I've just started this job and you're all telling me it's terrible. Or have I just made a huge mistake? Mm. Generally, the answer is probably not. It's probably they need to move on. Um, they've been there th so long that they just kind of get drawn into the dramas, I guess. Yeah, true. Um, later that day, though, uh, Phoebe has brought over the puppy, and then Chandra arrives. Uh, he had the sex, as he calls it, the sex. The sex. Um, but he doesn't seem that happy. Kathy didn't agree with him as much as she agrees with Joey. I'm not surprised, because it sounds like Chandler spent most of the sex with Kathy thinking about Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Kathy was as well, then. Um, Chandler knows where everything goes, and it's always nice, but he wants to know how to make it sound like someone is killing her in there. Well, that's quite the goal. Uh, that's, that's probably not the best noise you want. <laughs> help, help me. It's yeah, hurting me. phrase it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I do like the way he's like, I know where everything goes. It's like, do you, Chandler? Really? Because Joey does. Yeah, it just, it's, it's just different, but yeah. But yeah, I, I get what he's saying. It's just, it's nice, and it's like, it is a, a two-way thing. It's not, you know, woman lies there while you have to do everything. It, it can be Kathy as well can help make this nicer. Yeah. And, and that can be either because she tells you, Chandler, what you need to do, what Joey does. Or, you know, she can have her part in it too. True. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, you know, we're going to sound like an agony aunt podcast for a second, but it's all about communication. Like, Dear Ryan, yeah. I have just met with my partner <laughs> and... We are not very good in bed. Please help. Just talk about it. Yeah. And you don't have to sit down and be like, you are rubbish in bed. Let me <laughs> point out what you should do. You don't need your, you know, your two, your seven, your threes, your fours. Just have a conversation or just encourage them in the moment. Be like, oh, that's nice. Please continue. Yeah. 
And yeah, you could be like, I don't like it that much. Not that. But, <laughs> yeah, but you could try it. Wrong hole. <laughs> Not on the balcony ever. Yeah, or in the back of a Volkswagen. Yes. So, um, you know, I feel like Chandler's putting this all on him when, you know, it is a relationship. They're, they're both part of this. Yeah. They both can make it better. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Chandler can do it. But yeah, making her sound like she's killing someone, I don't know. I feel like noisy people can also be very annoying. You don't need to be that noisy. I mean, I'm normally in the moment. I don't really care. Do, 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 do. Yes, yeah, so you're shouting cowabunga. Yeah, if you if you if, you, if, you, if people are noisy, they're noisy. If they're not, they're not. No, but I I do think some people do put it on a bit. I, I did see a, a thing the other day that was uh, saying that how to phrase this. There are regional differences in the type of adult entertainment that people enjoy. Okay, and that uh, Britain is one of the only places in the world. That is that finds American adult entertainment less popular because it sounds phony and fake. Okay, it doesn't actually sound like it doesn't sound genuine because um, it's too OTT. Yeah. Whereas you know, I guess if you're watching Lancaster's Finest or whatever, it sounds like they're actually having a good time. But realistically, well, it depends if uh, Joey's in the background there behind the uh, photocopy machine. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> there I am. Uh, but yeah, so thankfully uh, Monica is there though and uh, has some secret tips guys don't know. And uh, she starts drawing a woman and points out the basic erogenous zones, one, two, and three. Uh, Ryan, what do you think these three are? That's for Patreon, Mark. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> that's, that's Patreon. This is the PG podcast. No, I, I think we should pick out. What, what, what are the three you think she's put down first? One, two, and three. I mean, I, this is a kids-friendly podcast, but I think they're obvious, you know, one, two, three. Right. No one can see that because as we discussed well, last gonna, episode. I don't have to phrase going into details about erogenous zones on a PG podcast. I f- well, where's number one? What do you think number one is, Mark? Well, it's the uh, lips, isn't it? Mm, I guess. Okay. Where would you have gone then with number one? I assume nipples. Oh, okay. <laughs> is this like the, the, the hitting third base thing and you're like, well, third base is clearly, you know, the, the armpit. I mean, if you're doing it properly, the entire body is an erogenous zone. I guess so. It's my one issue with this scene. Well, well, that's what I'm thinking of. Like one, one, two, three. Like especially because you know, Monica then goes on. You know, four, five, six, seven. China's like, whoa, what's that? Like, yeah, it's one, two, three for him. Is you know, lips, chest, groin. I guess yeah. Which, which is probably most men, and, and, and probably even most women, if we're thinking about it, right? Um, and then you know, as I said, like Monica then goes on. They got three basic erogenous zones. One, two, three, and then four, five, six, seven. And, you know, Chandler points at one and, you know, pulls a face. And Monica goes, that's kind of important. Um, you yeah, know, but he didn't realise it was. Yeah, he's like, oh, I look it upside down. And then Rachel's like, sometimes that helps. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Monica says that most guys hit one, two, three, then set up base camp at number seven. So, clearly number seven's crotch. Yeah. I'm guessing, right? Um, you know, that means two and three could be either boob. I don't know. It could be something else. I have seen this like sketched out in memes before, yeah. but then in the comments, it's just been women disagreeing with what they are. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'd, I'd like our listeners to write in. Tell us what you think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are, and uh, we'll see if they all tally up. Um, but yeah, so that all helps us kind of guess at some of the zones, at least, that, that they've drawn there, because we never see the actual picture. I mean, you, you can't really, you can't, you can try and break it down to zones, but it's not going to be the same for everyone. Like, no. 
I've I've been with people that have enjoyed having you know number four stimulated, and then other people <laughs> who were like, "Don't touch that at all," and I'm like, "Okay, fair." Like it's, everyone likes different things. <laughs> What's number four? Ryan? <laughs> I'm not going to say what number four is, but yeah, I, you know, it's just you, you can't just feel like, "Oh, here's the zones, off you go." Because, no, because you know there, there's some people who like their neck being kissed, or some people are like, "Oh, the, the back of my knee," and you're like. Well, it's not anime bill. Who would touch there, right? It's the same with, with, with people being ticklish. Like some people are like ticklish under the chin, other people are not. Um, everyone's like, you know, nerve points, I guess, are, are slightly differently wired. It annoys my partner all the time and it used to annoy Jess that I have the ability to turn being ticklish off. Oh, okay. So they'll tuck me. That's right, that's right where this was going. No, it's, it's there. PG. But they're like, occasionally, like, they'll tuck me and I'll laugh. Um, <laughs> but if I know they're going to try and tuck me, I'll just be like, nah. They'll just literally be like tickling my armpits or whatever, trying to make me laugh, and it just won't. Yeah. And it's, apparently, it's really frustrating to be tickling someone and get no reaction. Yep. Um, I think it's funny. <laughs> well, we're definitely not going to try that on the podcast. I mean, sometimes they get me. Like, occasionally, I'm not paying attention. You'll, you'll make me laugh if you tickle me. But for the most part, if I know it's coming, it ain't happening. Well. As Monica says, guys and girls, take your time, mix things up, keep them on their toes. And this is where Rachel enjoys toes, it seems. Yeah, she gets very excited. And uh, I'm like, oh, you just put me off, Rachel. Yeah, everyone else seems uh, pretty unimpressed by that. Um, yeah, feet, as we've said quite a few times over the show, I'm sure, are weird. Yep, yeah, I don't know what numbers you want to put where, Mark, but the counting stops at the ankle. I mean, if you're into feet, fine. I've never understood it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that, that Rachel is into to toes and feet stuff. I mean, she likes what she likes, but no thanks. Uh, and that's where we get our next clip. And this is probably the most famous. And it's my joke, Ryan. Send that up front. Okay. You can't use it. <laughs> Pick your own joke. All right. Uh, the important thing is to take <clears throat> your time. You want to hit them all and you want to mix them up. You gotta keep them on their toes. No oh, toes! <laughs> yeah, for some people. All right. <clears throat> you could uh, start out with a, a little one, a two, a one, two, three, a three, a five, a four, a three, two, two. A two, four, six, two, four, six, four, two, two, four, seven, five, seven, six, seven, 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 seven. So yeah, why this wasn't called, you know, the one with the numbers or something, I don't know. Uh, because this scene has got to be in the top five friends moments, I think. Yeah, like, if, yeah. If someone, if, even if you read, you don't even need to do the whole thing. You could just be like a four five, and then someone's <laughs> yeah. friends. Yeah, they know exactly where we are. A six seven seven. Yeah, you, you know, just just shout out seven at someone, and and they know. It's so then as well. They're like Monica's voice gets like softer and softer, and she just starts like just displaying hand signals for yeah. seven. It, it's everything about this scene is fantastic. Yes. Uh, you know, between this and American Pie, I think a lot of teens in the 90s and 2000s learned a lot about sex. Uh, but yeah, so if I asked you what episode this scene is in, I doubt you to pick this one. And honestly, I always feel like this scene was in series one or two where they spoke about this stuff a lot more. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know where I would probably put it. I'd, if you have to pick a season, I feel like I picked season three for some reason. Yeah, I uh, feel like it, it's one of those iconic scenes, but you feel like it happens way earlier than this. Yeah. 
And certainly not in an episode about Phoebe's uterus. No, it seems like very like strange mixed signals, I guess, in a way. It's like, <laughs> it's like procreation, pleasure. Just... <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but back at the cafeteria, uh, Ross comes in and makes a scene. He's going to have his lunch on a different table and invites Joey over to sit with him. Then he gives a speech about how unnatural, you know, they eat lunch and he sees division and he wants to know the people underneath their coats. We work in a museum of natural history and yet there is something unnatural about the way we eat lunch. Now, I look around this cafeteria and you know what I see? I see, I see division. Division between people in white coats and people in blue blazers. And I ask myself, my God, why? <laughs> now, I say we shed these, these coats that separate us. And we get to know the people underneath. <laughs> I'm Ross. I'm divorced and I have a kid. I'm Joey. I'm an actor. I don't know squat about dinosaurs. I'm Ted and I just moved here a month ago and New York really scares me. All right, there you go. Yeah, you hang in there, Teddy. I'm Andrew. And I didn't pay for this pair. Okay, good, good for you. I'm Rhonda, and these aren't real. Wow, Rhonda. I'm Scott. Yeah, okay, Scott. And I need to flip the light switch on and off 17 times before I leave a room or my family will die. Everyone is a little strange, right? Which bit? Oh, Ronda's not real breasts or light switch death? All of them. Oh. Um, I do like and kind of dislike the way Ross and Joey do a handshake and Ross like puts his hand on Joey's shoulder and they do like the, the butch manly handshake thing side on. It's, they do it a couple of times, which, which gets weirder the more they do it. <laughs> it's like, like, job well done. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ronda tells us her breasts are not real and it gets the biggest laugh, but... Everyone is unsure how to react to that news. I mean, okay, Rhonda, you, you do you. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone, you know, comes out with their own personalities and who they are. And I like the guy that admits he stole part of his lunch. I like that, yes. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, look, it's bothering him. He's sat there. He's clearly like a nice guy. Who'd like, you know, Who earns a bit of money. Yeah, and he's like, I stole the fruit. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you do you, hey. Uh, so, yeah, at Central Perk, though... Um, Phoebes is sad about having to give up the puppy. It's like Sophie's Choice. Uh, an okay film, according to Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen Sophie's Choice? Oh, many, 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 many moons ago, yeah. I've never watched it, because I know the spoiler, so it's like, uh, do I really want to see a depressing film? Fair. Um, Have I? I think so. I also get it confused with Flowers in the Attic. Okay. It's just two very different films, but my brain confuses the two. Well, thanks for the input there. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners really enjoyed that. <laughs> If they've seen both movies, they will. Uh, Phoebe is, uh, you know, going to have to crush Frank and Alice. Uh, Not literally, just, <laughs> no, just their no, dreams yeah, of having yeah. a child. Uh, who then enter moments later, they're hoping to hear some good news. They've just popped in, but yeah. there's, you know, no pressure. 
when they actually spy the puppy and they love him uh, when Phoebe decides to give them the puppy because they're just so happy holding it. Uh, and this is what convinces her to help them have a baby. Now, yeah, that puppy is great. Like, it's the squirmiest thing ever. It's clearly, like, the happiest dog alive right now. Um, yeah, who, who couldn't love that puppy? Me. Yes, I know. And you're even a dog person as well. I like puppies. Does this one just annoys me? Well, it's, plus, it's not even a real dog, is it? <laughs> wow. If you get a dog that small, you might as well just get a cat. You, you like, you know, we've already got, like, been taken to task for our hot takes. And here you are just, like, ruining our podcast with hating a puppy. What's the point in small dogs? I don't see. You just get a cat. <laughs> it's a puppy, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, even with that, like, it's only going to grow up to be, like, you know, half a foot tall anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm going to move on very quickly. <laughs> get um, a real dog. Why that convinces Phoebe to give them baby like yeah they look really happy and they got a puppy first split second looking after children's hard it's not like having a puppy when no. someone's just giving it to you in a coffee shop and it's licking your face like yeah that's great babies don't do that yeah you're always gonna like your puppy you might not like your kids no um and then phoebe's mum walks in and she's upset because phoebe gave away her dog yeah awkward yes so phoebe knew that she was gonna have to give the dog back she didn't realize like she must have realized it's like her mum's dog it's not just a, a dog that she found it's Phoebe. She didn't think about it. Right. And then in the credits, uh, Monica wonders if Rachel would be her surrogate. And she says, yeah, but only because she's not having to do it. Yeah, she's like, of course I would. You're not asking me the one. <laughs> <No. laughs> uh, and then Kathy then bursts in and shouts, thank you at Monica. She's so happy about what Monica did for Chandler. Which I kind of kind of liked. I, lo- I love the way that Kathy bursts in. She's like, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. She's so excited. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Um, but again, I'm going to be agony aunt Ryan and just say, just talk to your partner. Yes. I mean, I mean, Kathy could have told all this, uh, told Chandler all this. I can see why you'd probably be put off telling Chandler because he's Chandler and he probably wouldn't take it well, but it depends how you do it. If you feel like Chandler, if you guide him, he's quite willing to accept change. If you tell him you're terrible, you did this wrong. Like, no, like he's not that type of person. Um, and certainly, like, you know, I, I've learned this from working with other people, like in manager positions. Like, certain people take directions differently to others. Some people like it direct, like, just tell them what they did wrong and they will fix it. Other people get horribly offended and you need to be a bit more gentle and kind and guide them to the answer. Yeah, I think in this instance, it telling someone how they could improve is better than a comparison you don't want to be like so and so did this because then yeah don't know, be like well at, at, at this moment joey joey used to meow yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd be like, no, let's try this or yeah just do you, do you do you have the dartboard like yeah you don't want to start start <laughs> stop bringing that stuff no. up um so yeah i i do like the way that, that kathy runs in there uh very funny end we haven't had a funny end for a little while i don't think they've all been nice yeah yeah just just nice i mean i kind of forgot that kathy stuck around this long yeah, like it's it's weird when you think of like the relationship. I think it's because they in the one with the box, they I wouldn't say break up, but Kathy's like, look, I don't think this is working, and leaves. And then yeah, Chandler chases after, but you kind of think, oh, that's kind of the end. Like they they chat, they meet up and chat, and that's it. Yeah. It's like no, they're actually they're they're together having a relationship. It's because we don't really see her. Um, and yeah, she's she sticks around for quite a few more episodes. I thought it was just like Joey that she was involved with, really. But yeah, I've never thought of Kathy as being uh, like a character who's actually in this many episodes. Yeah, like 
She pops up and I'm like, oh, Kathy's still here. Like, I do yeah, see, yeah. My, my memory definitely sees the one with the box as the end of Kathy, yes. even though we know it isn't. Um, and I mean, not that I'm sad that Paget Brewster keeps popping up, <laughs> but I am like, oh yeah, she's still here. Is that the only thing that's popping up? It, yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like friends that much. <laughs> 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 no, uh, he finally admits it. Finally admits it. Wow. I mean, if someone enjoys any television that much, they've got a problem. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad everyone has stuck around to the end of the episode to hear that one. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I kind of wish they turned off a bit earlier. Um, I'm glad we don't do like those. You know, when lazy TV shows do clip episodes where they just <laughs> a bunch of montage of clips. We don't need to do that. We don't need a season review where we just no. splice things together. <laughs> Brothers is terrible. Why would anyone love that show? <laughs> and I hate puppets too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's our that's our episode. Really, I I really like this episode. It's you know, if we think about our previous one, which chopped and changed and had a lot going on with all the different characters, there is only really kind of you know two big storylines I think about, which is the Phoebe uterus stuff and the Chandler sex stuff. You know, the Ross and Joey being at work, uh, whatever, like doesn't really stand out at all but you know for these two kind of very small scenes they pass by very quickly and basically fill up most of the episode for me yeah it's very neat like it's very well organized in my short set episodes where everything like, like like chunk 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 yeah. like everything's resolved you know what's going on um i guess we shouldn't really gloss over like the decision phoebe does make she just choose to to you know be their surrogate yeah um which is very sweet and Again, I mean, as we'll find out as the season goes on and time goes on, it's very much a decision I don't think she fully comprehended. But I do think it's very sweet of her. Yeah, this is where... I don't know if it makes Friends stand out compared to anything else or if it Friends makes it work somehow. Friends does a lot of weird stuff. Like Marcel the monkey is weird. Um, this stuff is weird for a storyline. And, you know, I can imagine lots of other shows doing this where they're like... Oh, let's let's have a weird storyline, and they never put it off. They're just they're too corny and too odd. I guess maybe because they play this all quite sincere. Yeah, it just feels perfectly natural. It feels natural for Ross to have a monkey on his shoulder, and just that's it. And for Phoebe to be having her brother's children. Yeah, I think it's the strength for the writing. Yeah, I mean, I think because in kind of the even if the wacky kind of situations do come up. The, the show's framed so well around the central characters that their reactions to it kind of bring you in. So it doesn't really matter what the topic is, whether it's people not eating lunch at the same table, Chandler being insecure in bed, or the, it's all taken within the character framing really well. Well, those work because they're, they're quite relatable, I think. But then the Phoebe stuff is out of left field. Like, there's been no hint of any of this coming up to it. And, and it is a weird storyline. And I can imagine way lesser shows trying to do something similar and it just coming across as stupid like oh why would you write that like that just doesn't work in real life well i think the gang have the kind of reaction that you'd, you'd all kind of expect yourselves to have in that situation where you're like are you sure like this is a big deal like have you thought yeah. about it? like because they react so kind of and the writing so good they react so earnestly that you are like oh you feel like phoebe's actually thought about it and it isn't i think other shows would just kind of go phoebe's gonna have the kids Yes. And that would be it. There wouldn't be like the work in the middle. It would just be question asked, there's an answer, and you just would be left feeling a bit whiplash. And I, and I think that's what makes Friends stand above the rest, really, because it has the, the great writing that, that allows it to be able to do this. And because it can do this, it stands out compared to, you know, think of Big Bang Theory. What's, what's weird that goes on in there? There's nothing. There's lots of weird stuff that happens, but nothing like this 
And if they do do something weird, it doesn't stand up to this kind of level. No. So it's not memorable. But, you know, you talk about Friends and you can mention lots of weird stuff that goes on. People go, yeah, I remember that, that episode or that, that, you know, setting or whatever going on. And they go, yeah, that was really memorable. I really enjoyed that. I mean, if you think about, like, I guess, from an international perspective, like legendary American sitcoms, I would probably say Friends is top, if not second, to maybe Cheers and only Cheers. And you've got, like, Cheers, Friends, and Frasier are, like, kind of the big three of American sitcoms. Or Seinfeld for more America than the UK. Yeah, so I think Seinfeld's one of those shows where everyone knows about it, but many people outside the haven't watched it. Like, yeah. I've seen the odd episode. Um, but I haven't watched it the same way I've seen Frasier or Cheers. Because Seinfeld does the same thing. It has like the some weird stuff that goes on and pulls it off well. Frasier, I don't think, does the weird stuff quite in the same way. There is definitely like there, theirs is more slapstick and more happenstance humour. Um, yeah. And you'll be like, no, that's, you know, totally unbelievable, but it works in the scene and setting. Cheers is very grounded, I think, yeah. from, from the bits that I remember seeing. Um but yeah, like the, the stuff like this in Friends makes it, you know, stand out. And I, I think that's what makes it better than, you know, one of these middle of the road sitcoms where like, yeah, they might be funny, but there's nothing that kind of keeps you hooked or interested. I mean, obviously it's, it's all personal taste, I guess. Like I really like Scrubs. Um, Scrub, well, Scrubs is a weird one as well. Like they go on weird tangents. Same with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like they, they do some odd things. Well, Scrubs is weird because it's really funny, but... You almost sometimes get emotional whiplash from certain episodes, like any with Dr. Cox and Brendan Fraser's character. Mm. The episode of the old ladies kind of just decides not to go through their treatment and JD gets really upset and can't understand it. It does hit you in the feels a lot. But then at the same time, you'll have a cutaway joke where JD's a wrestler talking about the Mary Slam or whatever. <laughs> and you are like, oh, so it's, it's different in tone. But it still says it's a very good sitcom. But I do what you mean. Things like Big Bang Crew, where you're like, it seems like every episode doesn't matter because by the next one, who cares? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, you can have a, a funny comedy show, but that's not enough. It needs to have something in there that, that makes it memorable, makes it different and unique. And, and, you know, as you just said with all these shows, like Scrubs is different because it has this emotional whiplash going on. Friends it has like the kind of slight weirdness to it. Like the best Simpsons series are really abstract and strange, like almost bordering on cartoonish to you know make a pun there i guess yeah. um and that you know they they make it so it's just right on the board it doesn't go into too weird but it's a slightly heightened odd version bit bit like eerie indiana and stuff like that where it's like strange stuff is happening here yeah like what is this yeah uh whereas yeah shows like the big bang theory and lots of other comedy shows which couldn't name them like you know like the nanny and stuff like that yeah kind of kind of just disappear after they're on tv because yeah they're funny at the time but there's nothing to keep you going back to it well i think like the core of friends is the heart and the characters so yeah. even you know years and years later when technically a bunch of references and things are dated you know three megabytes of ram in a hard drive or people having a page or a flip phone there's lots of kind of acronistic things i guess that age friends but at its core the stories the people and the heart even aside from the comedy is still universally relevant. Yes. You, you know, if you were to go in digitally and replace all the technology in Friends, it still it would work perfectly fine. But the, the oh, it's, it's timeless at this point in time. Yeah. To our cyberpunk future. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. So I think it's it's the heart of Friends is what makes it. And when you have episodes with weird things like "Will you carry my you know sister? Will you carry my babies?" It, it should be really weird, but it's dealt in such a heartfelt manner, especially through Phoebe. 
where the weirdness is taken away because rather than it just being, oh, you're going to carry your brother's children, it's Phoebe cares, Phoebe loves her brother. It's a very sweet, nice thing to do. And the emotion is what kind of downplays the weird. Whereas something a lot of sitcoms that don't have that strength, the weird's the weird, and that's the point. Yes. Like Big Bang Theory's comedy is look how weird these dorks are, and there's no real heart there. There's some, but not a lot. Whereas Friends is, yes, this is weird, and Phoebe's wacky and kooky and thinks that robots are 401ks and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but she, they all fundamentally care about the situation and each other, and that comes across really well, mostly for the writing and the performances, that they can do really weird situations, you know, like leaving a baby on a bus. <laughs> or, or putting Charlie in a box or whatever, right? Yeah, and you just go, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, like, it, it fits in the universe. You're like, yeah, that's normal. It doesn't, it doesn't stand out as being, you know, written to be weird. Yeah. It just fits in. So yeah, I, I really like this episode. I think it, it has one of the funniest moments in Friends, certainly. Um, and de- definitely, you know, one of the most meme-worthy, one of the most relatable. Yeah. If, you, if you have a, a partner that doesn't know anything, get them to watch this episode. They might learn a thing or two. It's fair. Um, Ryan definitely has learned a thing or two. Yep, definitely taking that diagram <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he's learned there's more than three erogenous stones, for sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, hopefully you also enjoyed this episode. Um, if you want to help support us, make more of these, you can join us at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Uh, there's loads of bonus content on there, so worth signing up for just for that. You can hear lots more Ryan tangents especially um you know we've done episodes where we've you know figured out who should be dating who and end up with who um you know we've done lists of our favorite friends characters and you might be surprised at the results buzzfeed yeah. clickbait arrow pointing <laughs> here youtube from now face yep uh we you know hope to go to some like friends fest and we're gonna probably put up some stuff there if we do do that that should be fun yeah uh, and we're slowly working our way through joey which is getting more enjoyable every episode yeah i feel like the more distance we get from joey the show and friends the show the better joey looks yes um so yeah you can also support us for a pound if you want to you don't really get much bonus content but you can talk to me and ryan um but you know every, every little bit helps so you know we've got thousands of listeners now if everyone if you gave us a pound we wouldn't have to work we could do this all day long we could just talk, talk about friends every day yeah, the person who wanted us to rush and get to Unagi. You know, if we didn't have to have a day job, we'd get there a lot faster. <laughs> yes, we would. Um, you can also write to us at Watch Friends Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and that will tell you when new episodes are live, which is, you know, once a week. Um, you can also write to us at contact at watchingfriends.com or go to the Watching Friends website. And make sure you're subscribed on whatever place you're listening to this episode. Yeah. That always helps. And you can leave us reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. I got that one right. And Google Podcasts and whatever they're calling it this week. And Spotify and other places. And if we see your review, we will read it out. So We will. We, do, we always like the feedback. Yeah. Uh, either way, constructive or praise. Yeah, even if we don't agree with it. We which prefer is the praise, time. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Of course we do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah we, we like to read out from our, our listeners as well. Um, I think that's everything. Oh, you can also, if you want to sponsor the show, if you've got a business... Or you want to, you know, call out your friend's birthday. Or you want to, you know, just give us some money because you like us. Yeah, we'll sell out. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for most things, I think there's a hard line somewhere. Um, you know, you can sponsor the show. You know, as I said, we go out to like thousands of listeners. So, you know, send us a, a, an email. We can discuss this with you. I have no morals. I'll just take the money. Will we? Yeah. Oh. Why are we supporting this big mark? Um, it's, it's not, it's not going to be anything right wing, hardcore. You say that, my brain went, we're going to gas pigeons. And I was like, sure. <laughs> Our pigeons annoying you. Gas them with pellet away or pigeon away or whatever. And like, yeah. 
Ryan, you're giving away free sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> so we get sued now because that's a real company. And it's like, no. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you, you can sponsor us and you can you know, reach a whole new fan base and audience um, fairly cheaply, so why not do that? Uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week with another Fantastic Friends episode. Um, I'm loving more and more of season four as we go through it. Yep. As we head towards the inevitable Monica and Chandler. It still feels too early. It does. In my it brain. Does. But fair. Uh, but that's it from me this week. And a goodbye from me.